Hello and welcome to the Hope and Anchor Community Church Podcast. Each week, we'll bring you the latest preaching from our Sunday services. We hope that as you listen, you encounter God and you're encouraged to go deeper in your relationship with Him. Enjoy the message. Matthew 14, verse 22 says, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of Him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd after he had dismissed them he went up a mountaintop a mountainside by himself to pray and later that night he was there alone and the boat was already a considerable distance from land buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Father, will you teach us today? Will you teach us, Lord? In Jesus' name. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, worship team. And there that you guys are, don't sit down so quick. I would love to give an applause to Jesus because I think he just deserves it. A couple announcements today. Um, 19 years ago, 19 years ago, that means a lot. Who is less than 19 years old in this place? Who's 20? 19. There's some people that are answering in faith. I can see that. Let me take this out because I don't see you. I can see the people. I don't see you. 19 years ago, I found a woman after God's heart. And tomorrow, we are 19 years married. Before you clap, I would love to ask my wife, my bride, to stand up. She will kill me for this in private. But in public, we can make her, you know, kind of like a little bit embarrassed. So, love, we just stand up. (laughs) She's clapping for herself, really. Imagine, living with me is not easy, bro. God bless us. We have a word from God, and I believe I'm going to be able to speak over it with the grace that he always gives. But I would want us to have expectations, because I think this is going to speak in, in, many, in many directions. The context is immediately. In a season like everything is in a rush, our gospel is not slower you might want to be taking notes today. Your gospel is not slower than your circumstances. First note. With that, we can all run out of here and have a good week. My gospel, my relationship with God is not making means, it's not slower than the situations that I am facing because he is with me and not against me. Jesus immediately made the disciples get into a boat and go ahead. Sometimes we want God to be that shepherd, that cuddly, Instagrammable Jesus that actually takes it all for us and we don't feel any of the weight. Something that I say to my my kids is actually, if you don't have breakfast, don't tell me in the morning. Because in the morning, I'm half saved. I don't want to go to the corner shop. You know what I mean? Like, I just really don't want to go and get some cornflakes for you. 
Like, I barely recognize you. I don't know who you are. Why are you attacking me, man? Why you want my wallet? Like, it, this, is, this could be like something weird. But he went and he sent them ahead. And Jesus believes in us. And that's one of the biggest lessons that we would be able to have. If they would strip all of this, if governments would come and, and steal all of this from us, one of the biggest, strongest, and most powerful things that he has left with us is his trust. Because he didn't stay to see if we were, if we were doing it right. He trusted us. Again, immediately, he trusted. Immediately, knowing that their hearts had not understood what they had just done. And if you want to know what that means, you got to read the Bible. Because it's not about me it's just filling your head with context. It's about you understanding the God of the principles. Jesus came from doing things that were not natural. With little, he did much. So for us that we don't think that we have enough, that word is more than sufficient. Immediately, he trusted because he was with them in the midst, although his presence, physical presence was not there. He's standing in the midst of them in the moment. So he says, go, get into the boat, get into the uncomfortable, get into the limited, get into what you cannot control, get into what is carried away by the winds, because he is the God that invented the winds and the earth. He knew what was coming. He was seeing at them, and I don't want to walk too up, too much ahead of myself, but we have that Jesus that says, immediately get into trouble. I love the God that tries, tries to get me in trouble. Have you ever felt that God was pushing you towards trouble? Have you ever tried to save your face? Have you ever tried to have that temptation, that kind of European Western temptation of like looking good in front of the religion that you're trying to serve with your awkward self, with your lack self, you know, like with that weak self that God is saying, get into the boat. And you're like, no way, Jose. Have you ever felt Jesus saying, get into the boat? And you say, no. Have you ever felt the, the prompting of the Holy Spirit saying, do in the place you cannot control. Live your faith in the midst of the people that will confront you, that will despise you, that will reject you. Get into the boat. Have you ever been there? It's one of the best places to be because, you know, if you are there, come to me those that are weary and tired and so on because I will be with you because that's what the atmosphere will create in you and Jesus knew all about it he said go ahead so I can teach you who I am in the midst of where you are I don't have to cuddle you this is not a faith this is not a gospel that has to cuddle us week in and week out we don't have to live from Instagram moment to Instagram to Pinterest to you know I had a word for you I was praying for you moments you can have your own faith. The faith that comes from him, from his character, from knowing that if he was with me last week when everything looked like that, and I lost hope. I remember that night. I remember that moment. I remember that situation. I remember my mistake. Do you remember your last mistake? The one that you never spoke to anyone about. That one that you keep very, 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 very holy in his presence. So Jesus is actually trying to draw them into a place that they have to trust that even if they don't see him, he's with them. 
and he's ahead. Although he sent them ahead, he started, he started ahead of them. Why? You will listen in a minute. He said, just go ahead into the other side. So he basically gave him a start and a finish. And I know most of us that have been culturized by Christianity would think, I know where you're going, but you don't. Because they didn't, and they were walking with Jesus. So shut your mouth and your brain and say, can I be teachable today? I want teachable Christianity. I want, do you want to be teachable? I, I just don't want to be that kind of Christian that reads the Bible and says, you know what, I know it, I read it. You were not there. You don't, you don't smell the salt in the air, so you have to shut up and listen to the people that were there. Humility has to be in the house. We cannot be those Christians, those Western Christians that everyone fronts upon. And in the sight of it, you actually say, Lord, did I get you? Because you will say, I know it now, but during the week, you face a little wind, like a little... And you're like, Lord! But in public, like, I read that, and I know revelation came to that. <laughs> Jesus is that Jesus. That he knew their temptations. That he knew their weakness. That he knew they didn't get it at the shore. And he sent them ahead because he was ahead of the game. He knew their hearts. And you have a God that walks with you, that can send you ahead of situations that you haven't lived because he's ahead of the curve in your heart. So do you have a heart that is teachable or you have a heart that is callous and says, I know. Today I was walking and I was walking by some football pitches, right? And it was at this, this trainer or a dad, we'll never know, I didn't ask. It, was, it would be weird if I asked, it was like awkward moment. But I saw him, it was like this trainer and this, this girl. And the guy was actually making the girl like, grab some balls that were difficult. Like he was kicking it in the air and she had to kind of like put, stop, the, stop the ball from falling and control it. Maybe Ina knows what I'm talking about. Anyone, Messi, are you here? Maybe Sack. <laughs> cancer. Cancer is in the back. I know. And they were there. And the ball was, was coming down. And you could see that the... It, it was a very little, little girl. And the weight of the ball was, was a lot. So she was trying to stop it. But, but she couldn't get it. And she was so frustrated that she couldn't get it. But she was trying. And the guy had to come over and say, Hey, I understand. This is not the ball we should be practicing in. But this is the weight of a real ball. So I want you to know what real feels. I cried like a 50-year-old guy walking out. And only this, you already have a sensation that God is after you today. Do you feel it in there? He's about to do something. Today we're going to talk about dead weight. Dead weight. And I know there's this call on the screen. I know. We're saved anyways. <laughs> so for the religious out there, I'm trying to get rid of you. You can leave. This is the moment that you say, ooh, they're dodgy, mate. You know, wow, there was this call. And you can, and you can talk out your head like that. There's a call. Whatever. You will get it out there. Shortly before dawn, Jen, Jen Jesus actually went out to them. After they had, had been in, in a considerable 
amount of times, you know, or, or they have been rowing. Some of the versions said they have been rowing for three or four hours, three or four miles. If you're really good and fit like the disciples, it would have been three or four hours. And they were in a considerable distance. They had believed long enough for their strength, human strength, to be out of the way. And now they needed their spiritual strength. And some of us live a Christianity that wants to depend on the encouragement of everyone around us. Physical strength, flesh, flesh, strength that comes from someone else coming around. But we have no relationship with the one that sends us all the way to the other side. So we are in the middle of obedience with our flesh. We're trying to obey God and what comes from Him and what He said we should be doing, but with our own understanding, with our own wisdom, even I will, give, I will just take all the way there into the ones that obeyed once and they took that as a trophy and they said, you know what? I've done all of this for God. Mm, I've been a man of God. That's nothing. That's only by hay. Like that's... That's why the Bible says that everything will wither, everything passes, even your obedience. You cannot rely in old obedience to live a now relationship with God. And that's why we need humility. We have been talking about a faith that is bold. The last couple of weeks, if you've been coming, if not, we'll put you into ground. We have been talking about a kind of faith that is bold. One, one of those faiths that actually doesn't stay quiet or still in the midst of situations that something in our spirit is getting stirred. Maybe no one else in the room got stirred by it, but something in you says, I got to say something about that. You know, I'm, I'm so sorry. We have a Leonidas moment, I call it, you know. You know, 300, don't, don't look at it. It's, it's kind of gory. But it's a movie about people that are fighting all day. And after having a war, one of the kings comes against the other. And this king says, kneel down and the king that is supposed to be losing has more faith i guess and says you know what i, 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 I can't do it you see you want me to kneel down but my my knees are tired my knees my faith it's just too strong my knees are tired when i've been praying my faith is strong because I cannot do what you want me to do. He says, kneel down and I will save you. He said, well, I've been killing your army all day. And sometimes you have to remember the enemy. We don't want to have this white dove kind of faith that is so passive and so peaceful that doesn't, it's not able, that doesn't, it's just even way too much, that it's not able to remind the enemy that he's losing. Yeah. When was the last time you talked back your temptation and said I might be tempted but I remind you I'm winning I might be losing I might be just today I might be weak I might have lost my temper in the tube or in the bus or with my friend or my boyfriend or my girlfriend with my wife with my dog but let me remind you who is with me he wins do you have that kind of faith but to have that kind of faith, you have to have no dead weight. And I believe that this is the biggest challenge for us as Christians. 
as people that are getting renewed in our mind, in our spirit, people that are wearing Christ, day in and day out, say, wear Christ. Let that mind that was in Christ, not only wearing it, but think like him. Wear it, think it. If you are like that, you have to lose all the dead weight. And Jesus was actually up to something. He says, when the disciples saw him walking under the lake, they were terrified. So Jesus is not flimsy. He doesn't really have, you know, a lot of care if you're getting a little, a little bit fearful. If God is asking you from, is asking from you to just let go of an area of your life, he's not going to be there saying, well, it's, it's okay. You will feel better later. He's not like the doctor with the lollipop saying, hey, you want to get an injection? He's asking you to trust. So he wants us to mature. He wants us to walk on what he has ordered us to do it. He's not supposed to be cuddling us and to gain from us obedience. Some of us don't obey if he doesn't promise that it's going to look good at the end. Some of us actually want to obey God if he reassures us that it's going to end up nice. But imagine if the disciples were like that. We wouldn't have the gospel that we have today. Imagine that the disciples had all the dead weight of our thoughts today and our selfishness and our humanity or our humanism, if I would call it true. Imagine if they were handling the same temptations that we have today that prohibit us from stepping into glory because we want to be self-assured instead of God-assured. Imagine if we were not living in this bubble that we have today. Imagine a gospel that can break our own belief and the fears that we hold so dear that sometimes actually creep in to form part of our identity. I know it's getting heavy, don't worry about it. I'm making it on purpose because I think God is up to something. Before he can go deep, he has to hurt. It has to hurt. If he's going to transform something, it has to make way. It has to shake away. It has to make room. Before it can grow, it has to tear. Before it can give fruit, we have to have faith. God is up to something. That weight. We have been talking about having sharp faith. And we talked about, you know, who is building your edge, who is actually kind of there, who can tell you the truth about your character. I have a wife for 19 years. She has been building my edge, you know, and I don't know if you have a friend, a brother, a sister, someone, a mentor, someone that disciples you. The church has many. If you don't have, come along. God can build your edge. You can be a knife that can cut through situations. Your faith doesn't have to be coming and going with the winds of what is happening. God can build your edge. We're not only called to be bold, we're called to have an edge that can cut. Because the truth of God is like that double-edged sword that can cut. Not only cut you, but through you, it not only cuts your flesh, but it cuts the iniquity in someone else, not only yours. We have been told that we have to be focused and we have to be flexible. We have to be faithful. Last weeks have been very intense. We have been discovering during the life and the situations of others, people in the Bible. And maybe you have ramified, you have seen it even in your own life, how your faith has to grow in focus. When you have been going out of church on a Sunday super focused and on a Monday you wake up completely out of focus 
and ADD about everything that is going on in the world. Maybe you actually are struggling with a little bit of control. You want to know what God is going to do in five years. Maybe you're that one that God is saying, stay flexible because I cannot move with people that want to control me. I am in control and I love you. Maybe you have been finding yourself, there has been some, some iniquity in the past. Maybe you have been formed. We have talked about codes. We have talked about how we have been formed and the things that inform us. We talked about codes that inform our behavior. Maybe you have been looking at your faith and saying, what the heck am I doing? Maybe you've been looking at it and say, Lord, am I really committed? Am I really committed? And I don't want to answer that question. I want God to answer that question. Because I know in a rainy day, I might doubt. But if I remember that he answered it, I will trust. So I don't want my commitment to be part of my perception. I want my commitment to be part of his acknowledgement. Our faith is not what we perceive. Our faith is what he says. Jesus said, come. You're quiet, hope and anchor. God is up to something. So we have been informed about being sacrificial. We have been taught how not to be people that have faith, how to live among others without having our own agenda at the forefront of others. We have been taught how to have a bigger heart, a bigger spirit like that mother that had a daughter that could not be healed, that came from a background that understood the reputation of God and was religious, but understood that only having a relationship through humility will find healing. We have seen those codes. We have been taught that by God. God has been reminding us. Maybe some of us will know the story, but we never linked it with situations. And this week, maybe he highlighted. Maybe it's not for everyone, but someone in this room this week would say like, shut up, God, please, mate. It's everywhere. I can see it all over the place. I have so many codes. But I remind you this week that he's your code breaker. That the codes that submitted you and generations before you will not limit the faith that he has planted in you, the walk that he has ordered over your feet to walk and tread over. He has ordered your steps before the foundations of the world. And this is who we are. But he wants us to lose the dead weight. Because we cannot walk over the waters if we're still thinking of the shore and what my relationship with the water was until now. If I relate to the gospel through my need and my past, I will always be limited to me. But if I relate to the truth and the orders of God, if I obey based on his character, I will not be limited on my actions because I can still believe. Tell me that I can come. And some of us need to be reminded that today. That our faith doesn't start with us. It's not when I believe that it started. He produced in us the will and the strength to act upon it. He allowed us. He's that good. And a lot of people have not answered the call like you. Yes, but that doesn't make us any better than anyone. But it should be today a reminder that if it wasn't for him, we would not be able to believe. But further than that, we still need him. To keep on believing because that we heard today and acted doesn't mean we will carry on some of us 
have faith that is strong and bold and has an edge. We have a sword, but it's so heavy some days that we, we might have killed one or two temptations, but we cannot lift it again because we're out of shape. The shape of our faith is weak. It might be strong, but our shape to apply it, to be able to perceive its strength is weak. That sword is just too heavy. And God is calling us to have a faith that stands in the midst of what's coming. Trying not to go ahead of myself. But I feel the Holy Ghost speaking. Is God helping you? Just If you want to give a clap to God, he's doing something. If he's talking to you, I want you to just say to the devil, he's talking to me, you should, you should back off, back off. If he's talking to you, if God is talking to you, just lift your hand and say, God is talking to me, devil, you should back off. That's it. If he's not talking to you, don't worry about it. He's going to get you in a minute. I promise. You know, this is one that fits all and, and breaks everyone. Don't worry about it. So he is actually there and say, you know, after I've seen you for a while, another version said that, after he saw them straining, he came to them. Immediately, Jesus actually came to them and said to them, take courage, do not be afraid. One of the biggest assets of faith is that allows us, allows us to feel faith, fear, but doesn't leave us. It doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't leave us with the fruits of fear. It says, do not be afraid. You might have fear, but do not become fear. So faith enables us to walk even though, even though. Moses came to the people and said, this we, we have to do. And they said, this we will do. But then David said, even though you will kill me, I will still bless your name. This is the type of church that the world needs today. The even though. The type of church that Daniel had. In his heart, the type of spirit that carried Daniel to say, hey, you know what? Even if not only David, not only Daniel, well, look at the people that were going to be put in the oven. Daniel and his friends. And the lads. They went to a gig, Sag would say. And they were asked to actually bow their faith, their heart, their life underneath the weight of reputation if we're going to talk about it in normal terms today. Under the, underneath what people would think of them or pleasure or what was comfortable. But they had that kind of faith that even though if God doesn't save us, we still will worship him. We're not going to bow our knees. This is maybe another week and I have something to say about that. But I just want to push us today to think in that direction. What kind of faith do we have? Do we have a faith that is walking in waters? Or we have a faith that is sinking? Footnote. Waimea. Waimea is uh, it's a beautiful place in Hawaii. I come from Puerto Rico, so I have to say well, Hawaii instead of Hawaii. They have nothing on Puerto Rico, but anyway. Waimea has uh, an, an actual sport 
they have, they have this, this kind of thing, this tournament that actually um, receives people from all over the world, from all ethnies and, and kind of genders and everything, and they just grab a, a rock that is compensating versus their weight with oxygen under the water, and they do these runs under the water. Now I got your attention. See, I was talking about the Bible. You were like zoning out, but now I'm talking about water in Hawaii, and you're looking at me like super interested. God bless you, mate. You should be rebuked. No. <laughs> Anyways, so these people are running under the water. Wunderbar. Why would someone do that? I don't know. I mean, they barely can walk on the top of the terrain, but they want to run under the water. Why? I was reading about this general, this, sorry, this sergeant from the States that actually, he ran five miles with a 45 pound or kilo, I don't remember now, stone. That guy. Yeah. Larry Plumman. I don't remember his name right now. It was complicated, the first name, the name. Last name was with L, I don't know, whatever it was. But this guy actually ran five miles. And he has like some kind of weird record, you know. Who was looking at you? Nemo. Like, why you want to do that? <laughs> like, why would you try to run under the water, man? Just, just do an Iron Man if you really want the spectacle to look at you. But some of us actually are good for the start. We're good for the run. We're good for the challenge. But we don't lose our weight. One of the key things for them to stay on the terrain as they're going under the water is that the weight of what they're carrying is better than them. And sometimes I want to equate this because this is the image that God gave me, is that we sometimes believe in God and at the moment that we see the winds that Peter saw, we start sinking. But why did he sink? He was already defying the rules of buoyancy. He was already breaking the rules of humanity, of, of, of what the metrics of buoyancy would say. They were informed. He was used to being in a boat to be able to do what he was doing with his little sandals or crocs. We never know. If you ask Hoel, they were crocs, 100%, and Martha. And they had some kind of charm in the front, you know, like some kind of a pineapple. Something. I don't know. These people are weird. Anyway, so we have Peter believing on the call, like you and me. We believe in the faith that has called us out of our sin, of our situations, but we still don't let go of our past. So we're grabbing on a rock and we're trying to obey the call, but we're still looking at the situations. We want to look at the Savior, but we start paying attention to the circumstances. We, we really want to look at what he has called us to do, but we still want to do it on our own strength and our own understanding. We want to provide for ourselves while the provider is looking at us. But I don't want to take a case on Peter. I want, to, I want us to actually go into just a little bit this. Peter was the only one that reacted to the call. Peter, he actually asked Jesus, should I come? Ask for me. And I will go. And we are very, very comfortable with that passage. I don't know how you're comfortable with that passage. The more I think about it, I am comfortable with it. This guy was walking in water. When was the last time you walked on water? I mean, fill a bucket and try to put your feet on top of it. You will get wet. And this man actually put his whole weight on something that should be drowning him because he 
heard Jesus say, come. And sometimes we live our faith so immaturely that we access it without our, stre our strength being transformed. We answer the call, but we stop looking at who gives us the strength, who defeats the buoyancy. There were two people walking on water. One didn't sink, but he prepared to walk on water. He prayed. Jesus stayed back and he prayed. He stayed by himself. And sometimes we, have, we want popular faith. We want faith that can be answered by many. But what about walking in faith by ourselves? When was the last time you had breakfast? If you're trying to lose weight, and this is the whole point, they're adding weight to be able to stay walking, to be able to be sustainable under the water. When was the last time you had good breakfast? And I mean by that, when was the last time you started your day with God? The last time you broke your break. Because we, get, we know that physically it has a connotation. It's not only a fancy name for having something to eat in the morning. I don't know if you've given any thought to that. I don't know if you stopped and said, why do we call it breakfast? Breaking the fast. Because it does something to our body. But the same thing is with our faith. I don't know you, but I need more than one time with God in the day. Because I'm sinful like that. I don't know, I know you're very holy and you're like walking in the, in the third heaven right now and you're like definitely like ushering people into Jesus as we speak in your spirit somewhere down because you're like in both places at the same time because you're that holy, but I am not. And I need Jesus in the morning, like strong. Because I'm, like I said, I'm half saved in the morning. I'm still doubting if I was actually with Jesus in the night. So I go to bed. With God, I wake up and I say, good morning. To God, before I say it to Joanna, sometimes one of them has a different answer. Joanna looks at me like, you were snoring. <laughs> 19 years of snoring next to that lady. Imagine. God never complained, so I'm going to keep it. With this, I want to say, how are you nourishing? How do we take the weight out of the faith, the life that we have? How do we start closing the gaps? How do we actually hear the call and obey it and don't sink? How do we live a Christian life through Christ who strengthens us, not on our own strength? How do we don't look for things that aren't adult weight so we are stable in our own strength when Christ is just expecting us to walk because he knows that we have been given that kind of faith. Jesus said, he wants us to be active. He has been nourishing us, word, not only active, but humble in our, in our actions. He also wants us to be expectant. He said that his yoke, the faith that he has given us, the life that he has called us to is light. But most of us, I don't know you, don't feel like that day in and day out. Have you been, have you been feeling very light lately? What is like, how light was your Tuesday? Anyone had a light Tuesday? Wednesday, light Wednesday. Anyone had a light Thursday? One of those that you were walking on waters on the canal, they had to stop you. Because you were like, 
running through the canal. How many of us had like a great Friday? No, 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 wait, whoa. Yesterday night. How light was your yesterday? Can you submit it as an evidence of your faith? Or any of the other days? All of us need God to get rid of something. All of us need to get rid of the dead weight. Peter had the boldness. He had the edge. He had the focus. While everyone was afraid, they thought he was a ghost. He said, call me. He said, you know what? I don't have to see you properly. I just need to hear you. And that's a big principle. Some of us would say, you know, faith is by, you know, by hearing and hearing the word of God. And that's how we are believers and so on. And faith is just not by sight. It's by believing. But some of us have believed and still is not enough. And why? Because we have kept some dead weight. And this is a word that comes to encourage us, to grow us, not to pamper us, not to Pinterest our faith. It comes to give us strength where it matters. Strength that keeps us defying what should be done with our knowledge, with our pedigree, with our understanding, with the years or the days or the seconds we have been following the Christ that called us out, of the things that kept us, of the old structures, of the old normals. God is wanting us to put everything in the table and say, let me show you. There's some dead weight. We can walk so long, but at a certain point, if we don't do what Peter should have done, we will do exactly what we criticize him for. All of us say, why? You were with Jesus, man. Like, what was so difficult? You already were walking in waters. What made you actually be so stupid? Like some of us have such a pride on our faith that would say, you know what? What the heck is wrong with you? You were walking in waters. I wish I would. And we start comparing. But the same thing that we criticize Peter for, we keep a hold of because it informs our identity. Some of us have rocks that weigh us down, that keep us stable, because we are accustomed to them. Because this is how I am. You just don't know. This is how I was born. This is my culture. You know, I come from Puerto Rico. I, you don't know. I come from Canada, Courtney would say. <laughs> like, we drip bacon in maple syrup, mate. <laughs> For the Lord is our shepherd. We need salvation in the front row, like right now. Someone come and pray for us. <laughs> like, for real. We try to make Jesus look as big as our enemy when God is way bigger. We try to size out our faith compared to the things I don't want to let go. I want to walk on water because it looks sexy in the spirit, but I not able to let go because it's secure in front of my friends, my family, the people that are supporting me, the people that work with me, my office, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, my wife, the girl that I fancy, the dog, whatever. 
What is it that we're holding on? Is it informing our identity? Or is our faith cleaning, transforming what we're seeing? See, focus is very, very important. He stopped looking at the one that called him and he saw the wind. Have you seen the wind? When was the last time you said, I saw the wind? I never seen the wind. See, the wind you cannot see, you can see the repercussions of the wind, the effects of the wind. You can see what it does, but you cannot see it. But he had the it in front of him. Like, if there's an it in life, it's Jesus. Like, what's the it? Jesus. And he had Jesus. And Jesus had called him. And this is the same Jesus we have put our faith. And this is whoever, whoever you are, if you are still here without me kind of making you run away, it's because you have found the it. But even finding him doesn't assure you you keep on walking towards him if you don't lose your dead weight. What was the dead weight? The lack of focus. Peter was committed to the walk, but he was not committed to reaching Jesus. We can be committed to coming to Sunday, but it's the Sunday lingering onto our Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and again, we come full of experiences of what that last Sunday did in us, like the person of God reached us in such a way that we come full of grace, full of power, full of testimonies, full of experiences with that transformation, with that knowledge. It took us days to get a grip of self because what he said actually broke everything I had think, thought of my life and everything I did. But you know what? Thursday and Friday I had great conversations with people because I was able to explain in the journey I am. I've been walking. I've not been sinking. The type of word that God gives us has to have a recipient that can lose the dead weight. We cannot fall in love with what is stable and known so much that we stop perceiving that God is exposing us to something. Jesus was exposing Peter because he trusted Peter. Away with religiosity. Peter was trusted by Jesus. He called him Petros. He called him the rock in which whom he will found the church. So Jesus had great expectations on Peter, although Peter was not expecting to reach Jesus, really. He just wanted to walk on water. And some of us actually are able to feel really good about our Sunday, but we have no expectations on a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Wednesday, whatever. Because we... We just want to do the impossible and our expectation is that limited because we're still looking at the wind. What is your wind? What is your weight? What is your wind? If you're real with yourself, if you're alone, if you're standing in front of God and God asks you, tell me one of your winds, I'll defeat it. Which one would you want him to defeat today? What wind is keeping you low? What wind, what sin is keeping you on the bottom, sinking, focusing on the wind, on what he's doing? Jesus walked through the wind. 
And he didn't lose his authority. Our faith keeps us in the midst of the situations and the storms. It's not that we are not going to have him. It's that the faith that he has given us, his person, his character, can be trusted to keep us. When he says, come, it's not over yet. But we have to lose the dead weight. You don't have to compensate in any area of your life. See, in this competition, they compensate over their own weight. So they train. And most of them, by because, by, by default, lose weight. Then they have to compensate with that weight to be able to do it. Is that not ironic? See, you, you believe in God. You did all these things, but still you keep things that keep you comfortable. You overcompensate. See, I'm doing all these things for God. This little sin, it's okay. Are we going to be real? I don't have any hallelujahs, any amens today. I know. <laughs> And where I was not expecting this to be a really famous moment. But the reality of it is that he wants us to float again. He wants us to walk on water. He wants us to have that kind of faith that says, call me. But can make the distance. He doesn't want us to be cold. He's not sufficed with like, oh, look, he be they believed on me. Mmm, kumbaya. No, he wants us to get all the way to him. He wants us to be strong and courageous. People that are not only strong for the moment, but they can carry with courage the weight of the cross. He said his joke was easy. It was light. He doesn't want us to be absorbed by the situations or conduce all the way to the bottom by the things that we are still not being able to give back to the cross. He knows we're in transition. He knows we're morphing from one glory to another. He knows we're walking. He knows that He's growing and we are getting smaller in each of us. He knows. But it's up to us to look for the strength to get all the way to Him. To get into the place that it reaches Him. And for that, we need to choose today. Jesus, the Savior, Or our perception, our reputation, our delight, our feelings. We have been reading. We have been learning that we have to expect from God. But we also learned that we had to go beyond our feelings. And that's easy to be said and difficult to be walked, Peter would say. Because he didn't ask us not to have the feeling. He said, drop the feeling. And this is why he asked today. Jesus, he saw the wind and the weight factor. He measured it with the relationship and the calling. And he said, I trust you. First. Second. Jesus knows that the dead weight, the actions, the type of life cannot limit who he is. But it can become death if we look at it. What was the difference between walking and sinking? Between a Peter that was, -na 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 -na, 
The wind. Okay, imagine the Panted moment. You know, like, I imagine these guys with long hair because, I mean, I don't, I don't think they had, you know, machines back in the day. So his hair was flagging in the air. And all of a sudden, you know, like he starts, no, I know, sorry, I'm trying to keep you awake. <laughs> imagine that. And you start sinking because you start looking at the, the wind. What is it that is still a fruit of our flesh? The Bible says that this was a fruit of actually losing focus. The Bible says that the fruits of the flesh are death. Peter said, save me. So essentially, he was about to die. The lack of focus becomes a sin. And we are very tolerant with things like that. Oh, I'm just, I'm just living a life without focus. That's okay. You're sinking. And God doesn't want you to be limited. He doesn't want you to have a remedial faith. He wants you to walk in power. He wants you to break the rules that should be limiting you. He wants you to be expectant that even if it didn't happen for the other that are still in the boat, that heard when he called you. I mean, if he calls one of you guys, you walk, I run. At the moment I see you're walking, I start running. Because you're walking. I can do it faster. Have you ever thought like that? It's like, what stopped the other guys? We always preach in two directions. Oh, he had the faith to walk out. And oh, he, they had the faith to stay in the boat and don't demand from Jesus. Oi, if you're walking, I'm running. I don't know who you are and what kind of walk you have with God, but that's up to you. But if I see any of you walking in water, I have the same God, I have the same worship team, I'm running. Like, I suppose you really want to take it easy, but it's what it is, you know, like, I mean, some people walk to the toilet, some people run. It depends how desperate you are for reaching the goal. You didn't expect that one, and some angels either, probably. But how desperate? What is informing you in your walk? What are the dead weights that you had let go? What dead weights you have fallen in love with? with and as we close we have the worship team back so I just give this up <laughs> they don't hate me at the end of this one slightly less we have only three more points and that's it don't worry about it progress sometimes has to do with the with the people that we have around and I'll tell you why because sometimes we didn't notice we were walking on waters when we were and we have been in seasons of walking with water, in water with God, and we didn't notice them. Most of the times, we have been doing the impossible. Look at the family that you have. Look at the friends. Look at the situations God took you from. If you're realistic, you should have lost your mind most of the times. In the world that we're living, people are going crazy for having half of the life that you had, half of the situations that you have, half of the temptations that you had. But God, has saved you. Sometimes we need someone else to be tagging along to say, you've been walking on waters. 
Because the first thing that we will do will be condemning ourselves. But this is not for condemnation. This is for salvation. He will rebuke us. He will straighten us out. Why did you fear? Jesus will ask. He will demand an answer. We didn't stay there. We stopped writing when the answer was demanded. I think the person said, oh, this is personal. We'll take it there. Probably we, we can imagine what the boat felt like. You know, when, when God asks you, or when, when you see a friend that is struggling with something and someone confronts them, and you know it's true, and they were confronted in truth, but sometimes it's not comfortable. You know, the atmosphere stays like, okay. Anyone? Any drinks? Anyone? But what if Jesus comes into it and says, why do you doubt it? What was the weight you didn't go, let go? And his structure was a lack of faith. In our structure, what is the wind that is against your face? What is the wind that is against you? What is the weight you have to let go? Hebrews, very quickly, says, therefore, chapter 12, verse 1 to 3, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything, not some, everything that hinders and the sin. So things that hinder and the sin. There's some things that might have not been something of a hindrance to you, but God is asking you to let it go. Peter was brave to put himself on the place where he had no control. He had knowledge of that body of water. He knew how the water tasted in that lake. He knew what he could fish, what type of fish, in what place of that lake or Galilee Sea, we call it, because it's massive. He could fish a specific type of things. He had a business out of that. You might be knowledgeable of what you're doing, but if God is asking you to go to the other side, he might be asking from you new things. So this hits all of us. This is not for some of us. All of our faiths need to be grounded in God and buoyant in Christ. We still have to walk on waters today. I don't care if you did it yesterday. Yesterday was cool, peace. But what about today? Since we're surrounded with a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw everything that hinders. And the sin that so easily entangles, so it just grabs you. Let us run with perseverance, not with perception. Peter had perception of the winds. He lost the perseverance on the run, on the walk. Let us run with perseverance. Paul would ask from us, and I plead with us. I call us, Jesus, God. Himself is asking for us not to lose our perseverance because of what we perceive in our relationships, in the world surrounding us, in the times that we're living. Don't let what you see inform who you are and who you're walking with. It says, let us run. That's why I said I want to run. Peter was okay with walking. That's good with Peter. God bless him. But I want to run. I want to run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes, what Peter stopped doing, fixing our eyes 
on Jesus, the pioneer, the one that did it before. Jesus came walking in the water and he called you into this faith. He called you into this life. He called you out of the boat. He called you into walking on water. Lose your weight. Let him carry you. Let your holiness be an example of who he is in your life. The in and the out of the breakfast, the emotional, spiritual breakfast you have with him. Who he is in your daily. What is your emotions like in him? He he's the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Why did you lose faith? For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning and shame, but we all have every day, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What is the promise for each one of us? And lastly, he says, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, from the situations, from the winds, the weights that we cling to. So that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Matthew would say, hey, it is a problem of the heart. It is a problem of perception. It is not what you see, it's how you perceive it. It's not the conversation that you had. It was not the comment. It was not what was done to you. It's how you allowed it in that started sinking you. Let's lose the rocks. Because we have one rock that we can stand on. We don't have any need. Peter was breaking the rules, physical rules. He could have stayed. The faith that he walked out of the boat could have kept him walking on the water. The rules of buoyancy says that, you know what, the bigger the boat, the more stable it is. He walked out with faith. We may, we maybe started our walk with Jesus with a lot of faith, but maybe we have seen different winds. We have kept different weights. Maybe we grabbed old weights. Maybe you're struggling with something that you thought you had defeated or that the gospel, the power of God in you had defeated, but you have been tempted. You started mingling. You've been seduced by it again. But God says, I, I am with you on this walk. Jesus says, do this. Lose the dead weight. Get rid of the things that so easily entangle. Don't lose weight with condemnation. Don't lose time with condemnation or with confusion. Don't lose. He wants to keep on walking. He's in the midst of this walk. He's not complaining about you half drowning. He's the one that is there immediately to pull you up. But I believe the Lord wants us to consecrate ourselves, to lose some dead weight. Truth be told, all of us have been walking out of the boat. All of us have dead weight, maybe in our emotions, relationships in our finances, in our minds, ideas, the way that we perceive ourselves. Maybe your dead weight, your stone is waiting at you in front of the mirror. Maybe it's in that conversation that you are not wanting to have with that friend. Or maybe that family member. 
Maybe it's that, that, that advice from the doctor that you don't want to take because it's just too much. Or maybe you don't want to go and listen to the results of some test. Maybe you don't want to go and have a conversation with that teacher that you really don't understand because you don't want to feel that you are less strong or knowledgeable than others. Maybe you don't want to have that conversation with your boss because he stole your idea and he got promoted. Maybe you don't want to look at your budget and think, maybe I'm doing something wrong by not giving this offering to someone else. Maybe the Lord has been prompting you. What is the stone? Maybe you came from a stingy house and they didn't teach you the principle of being generous. Maybe you came from a house that said, you know what, save it for a rainy day. And everyone died saving. But you, you have something in you that says, I want to give. And you have been feeling a bit funny about it. And you're about to grab that rock again and sink with it. Maybe you're the first one in the family that believes, you know. Maybe you're the first one. The Lord is saying today, I want this to be a long walk, not a short walk. I want you to lose the dead weight so this relationship, this walk is prolonged by my glory, by my work in your heart, in your mind. The Lord is exposing us like he exposed Peter and the disciples to his walk because he trusts us. The miracle of this story is not that they could walk on water. The miracle of this story is that they were trusted by God and they were able to see him. They were exposed to what he does when we believe that we're exposed to what he does when we let go, that we're exposed to people that even didn't have it all together and they were able to believe even beyond their feelings, their failures. People that were bold, people that submitted their feelings to God. What is the dead weight in your life? If God has been speaking to you and if he hasn't, stay. But if he has walked, he has talked to you. I want you to stand. Like you were standing in the water. I believe that all of us have the authority to stand again. Jesus came so we can stand with boldness in front of God, saying, you see Jesus because he took me to the cross. He forgave my sin. He walked for me what I couldn't walk. He instructs my mind, my feelings, my spirit so I can see him day in and day out so the world will know that even broken can walk. That even people that have fear can believe. Even people that have nothing else to provide can still be full of glory because God is calling them out. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or would like to share how God is speaking to you through this message, let us know on any of our social media platforms. 
Make sure to visit our website at hopeandanchor.org for more information on who we are as a church and to find out how you can be part of the Hope and Anchor family. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.